Hello and welcome to episode 8 of Big Tech Little Tech. I'm recording the show in the UK where I am apparently likely to make 15.4% more money than Rick, who lives in Spain. <laughs> How he has a seven bedroom villa with a swimming pool and a butler, I'll never know. <laughs> I- I'm joking, of course, Rick, but do you actually have a swimming pool? No, I don't. No, I don't. I live in, I live in what's called a townhouse. Um, and, um, but why would you need a swimming pool when you've got the ocean? I live on a river, right? So I've got, I've got a mile-wide river in, that I'm looking at right now. Yeah. And five miles away, or five kilometres away, I've got... I live on Spain's number one beach. See, most of Spain is on the Mediterranean uh, coast. And the thing with Mediterranean beaches is that they're not sandy. They're pebbly to sort of shingly. Yeah. Whereas um, when you get to the Atlantic side, so because essentially I'm part of the Algarve, although I'm technically Spain, you know. So it's very, very sandy beaches. And I've got, I live on a huge beach. It's massive and it's very shallow. So in many ways, and, and all my friends that have got pools, they just moan. They just moan about how much work they are. They're tons of work. So when you, when you have tired, hot feet, it's a good job you have the <laughs> butler still. With the ice packs, yeah. Well, I don't go down. I don't go down to the beach without my sedan chair. Ah. So, um, yeah. So, yeah, I'm ready to move now. So I sit on the chair, and then um, I, I get uh, I get you know four strapping fellas to carry me down to my to my beach bed. It's simple. Well, how else do you, how do you live, Sean? I mean, how do you get how do you deal with hot sand? Uh, well, well, I I don't. But the four strapping fellas sounds like a great idea. <laughs> I'll send you pictures offline. <laughs> Before we get stuck into our main topic, what tech has interested you this week, Ray? Well, it's not so much tech. I tell you, I, it's kind of tech-related, and you'll understand why in a minute. Uh, but I've just watched the three-part series that's come out by CBS News, which is called Black Gold, and it's a story of Exxon. And the long and the short of it is that in the, in the 70s, Exxon was the most valuable company in the world, and they maintained their number one position in the oil industry by being... Uh, very by making sure they had the best scientists the best researchers they used they put a ton of money into looking at alternative forms of energy because they wanted to become an energy company rather than an oil company so they were looking at solar panels and wind and all that kind of stuff in the 70s now the point is that in 1977 their researchers wrote a paper to the executive that said we can now we now know that burning fossil fuels releases CO2, carbon dioxide, into the atmosphere. And by releasing CO2 into the atmosphere, you have this thing called, and they were the ones to name it, the greenhouse effect. They named le- that. They came up with that. Which leads oh, to global warming. And, they, yeah. and it's dated 1977. So that's 50-odd years ago mm. that this was known. And what happened was, the story basically is, um, uh, kind of this was novel and interesting, uh, but nobody sort of thought, oh, my God, it's the end of the world. We must do something about it. And it took about a decade, really, for this thing to come out and people started talking about it. And it was um, uh, it, and it was took about a decade or so before the politicians started to think, well, hang on a minute, we've maybe got an issue. And there'd been a big drought in America which and some hurricanes and some extreme weather conditions that people were putting two and two together and not quite getting four, but getting four and a half. And... The story basically then becomes how Exxon used misinformation to manipulate customer um, user uh, public opinion. So the whole point was they took a leaf out of the tobacco playbook, which was to cause doubt, create a sense of doubt in the general population 
by saying things like, yes, this might be true, but we just don't know yet. There isn't enough evidence and uh, we need to do more research. But in the meantime, we do need to carry on burning uh, fossil fuel because it's the only way we can maintain our competitiveness in America. Oh, and by the way, nobody else is doing this. So why should we? And, and, and actually what they've uncovered um, is this campaign in the uh, in the in the 90s in particular and into the early 2000s which was all around creating misinformation doubt um, paying lobbyists spending a huge amount of money um, on on changing uh, influencing public opinion anyway the reason I'm kind of this was import, interesting to me was because you know I do a lot around social media mm. uh, so and the impact of social media on society and I've had this view for a while that I think the you know, we had tobacco, you're going to have climate change. But I think at some point we're going to look back at social media and say these people knew, the likes of Mark Zuckerberg, they knew what was happening as a result of the experiment using uh, things like Facebook um, and what we generally call social media. And the the consequence in terms of division in society, uh, the impact to teenage uh, young people's development, uh, things like the manipulation of uh, democracy, you know, uh, influencing election results. I think at some point, I'm convinced at some point that we're going to look back and think they knew and they didn't do anything about it. And we're going to regret this period of time. So anyway, so I kind of like drew a connection. I'm, I'm going to write an article about it, but I haven't quite got my thinking straight on it. But it's, I recommend it's, it's about a three hour, three part documentary called Black Gold. Yeah, very, very interesting. Very well, interesting. I, I, don't I like that kind of stuff. I don't know about the greenhouse effect, but you've just sucked up all the oxygen in the room. I'm going to keep mine short. <laughs> You're going to have to edit that down. No. I know it's only supposed to be. So what about you? What, what, what's, uh, what's caught your eye this week? Well, well, my tech of the week is about Artemis. Oh, which is, uh, I love space. Na- yeah, me too. NASA's project to get people back on the moon. Believe it or not, the first time since 1972. How have we not been back? I have no idea. But it's not so much about the project itself, which, as you probably know, stalled recently because of a problem with with, um, one of the rocket's engines. Mm. But it's more about the fantastic website I discovered on the BBC. Yeah. It's, uh, oh yeah, I've got it. I'll share the link with everyone. It's a fascinating, highly visual breakdown of what Artemis is about, how it works, the astronauts, the journey it will take. It's just great. Now, as a man who has dabbled with creating websites since the 90s, I'm eternally curious about web development technology. And this site was just so beautifully put together by the BBC Visual Journalism team. And I recommend you check it out. I'll leave a link on our website page. Yeah, that's my kind of thing. Now, I've got, let me ask you a question then. Let me ask you a question. And you might want to edit this out. It's 90, as I, from memory, it's about 90 to $100 billion it's going to cost for this project. But did you say billion then? Billion. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, but I think, I think it's like 90, somewhere between 90 and $100 billion dollars. I can't help but being troubled by the amount of money that's being spent on that when you've still got five, you've got half a billion people a year that are hungry in the world. You know, you've got what they reckon like, I think I saw something like one in nine or one in 10 people in the world go to bed hungry at night. And um, I remember seeing the World Bank reckon that something like $30 billion is all you would need to stimulate projects for nations that could that could like deal with what they call food insecurity the ability to create food themselves don't you think where do you stand on this kind of should we spend the money you know should we spend 90 billion going to the moon for 
or should we spend 90 billion on trying to give people food in the world well you could spend it on anything you know that 30 billion you just mentioned is less than the value of twitter apparently so elon musk could do it and and, and his cronies yeah. you know yeah. so you know lots of people have got the money and the, the will and you know uh certain countries go to war and we help we help certain countries defend yeah. themselves with billions and billions of dollars so you know i'm not so sure you know, the money's going to be spent somewhere. Why not spend it on uh, progressing science, saving people, defending nations, health? You could spend it on all sorts of things. And I think it's actually the question and the answer is largely down to preference. It's subjective where we think money should be spent based on our worldview. But, yeah, I, I, I think I think that would be my answer is we've all got a view of where and how money should be spent but we're all different. Here's the news. So 90% of people aged between 18 and 24 choose streaming services over traditional UK TV channels. The Ofcom report says Netflix is the most common destination. Trademarks have been filed by legal firms in various international locations for Reality One, Reality Pro and Reality Processor. Analysts who know about these things reckon it's what Apple's reality headset will be called. And we may find out more during Apple's 7th of September event. I've got it in my calendar. Popular password manager LastPass was recently compromised by a security breach. The intruders took portions of source code and some proprietary LastPass technical information. Apparently no user data was, was touched. It's all encrypted. Meta has launched its first WhatsApp shopping experience in India. Shoppers will be able to add items to their carts and make a payment without leaving the WhatsApp chat environment. I like that last story. That's a kind of that's that's moving into what we call super apps. Mm-hmm. We should we should talk we should add super apps to our agenda and talk about it in a couple of weeks because I because there's interesting stuff there. Yeah, I like that last story. So we're about to discuss NFTs and I'm wary that it may become complicated. So what I'd like to propose, Rick, is that we consider this an initial discussion about NFTs, keeping mm-hmm. things at a level our mums and dads can understand. Yep. It can it can then act as a reference episode when we eventually dig deeper into NFTs. So with the spirit of simplicity in mind and for fun, I will signal an alarm when we start diving too deeply <laughs> into the weeds. <laughs> <laughs> what, what is that? I didn't know you were going to do that. I like that. What, I, I tell you what, don't just tell me what the alarm is. Well, right? you I, won't hear it. I'm going, to, I'm going to do it on the on the post, in post. Oh, okay. All right. So oh, I'll, I want to hear just, it. I want to be I know. Beat. I don't have it, you see. I don't have a bell. <laughs> I would have loved that. I would have loved that. Sort of beep, like every other minute, every other word. Can, well, can, can we start with what NFT actually means first? Like, let's get that out of the way. So my mum listens to this podcast uh, all the time. And, you know, I joke about saying, you know, so my mum can understand. And yeah. I was having this, this conversation with my mum and her friend Sheila the other day. And um, now you're going to have to edit that out, Sean, because her name's Shirley. I was having a conversation <laughs> with my mum. <laughs> I'm keeping that in. <laughs> and her friend Shirley, Shirley the other day. And she was asking me about Bitcoin. And I was, it was just a bizarre conversation because I never thought I'd be explaining to my mum what Bitcoin is all about. But anyway, like the, so the thing about non-fun, non-fungible tokens or NFTs, let's break it down into two parts. There's a token and there's non-fungible. I'll explain both bits. So let's deal with a token first. A token is just a digital record. 
Okay, so think of it like this. You buy your car, you just bought a brand new car, and in the DVLA database, there is a record that says, Sean Weston, of this address, owns this car, might have the serial number, it's certainly got the registration number, it's got the date of purchase, and it might have other details. But that is a computer, that is a record on a computer somewhere, but it's held in a central location. If you you was to come to me and say, Rick, I'm going to sell you my car, we would have to go get that record from the DVLA and then have it changed by them and then transferred to me. Okay. Now, with a token, you, you take that away from it being a kind of a central record held somewhere else into a digital form that you could just send to me and we could, we could update it um, or create a new one. But you've, so, uh, so think of the token as just a, a computer record that is sitting on a computer system. It's a digital record of an asset. Yeah. Now, non-fungible. Everyone said, I'd never heard of the word fungible until I started doing, talking about NFTs. Look, all it means is whether it's transferable or not. So um, the v- way to think of it is that if you had a £5 note and I had a £5 note and we were sat in the coffee shop together and I, you gave me your £5 note and I gave you my £5 note, okay, we've both still got £5 notes, but they're not the, the original ones, but they're effectively the same. That means a, a, a money is fungible. You can, every pound note, every euro note, every dollar is the same and you swap them and they're called fungible. It means that you can, they're, they're all tokens in the sense that, you know, the, the note is, is a representation of, of a value yeah, of money. Yeah, they're all IOUs. Whereas yeah. a non-fungible means that um, your, your note is not the same as my note, Right. So a non-fungible token means that the, the digital record you've got, which is, you know, record number one, is there's only one of them. It's, it's unique and exclusive to whoever owns it. And so that token, if you if you I can't give you an alternative to it, I could I could give you a monetary value and buy it from you. But I wouldn't give you this. I wouldn't give you like a five pound note to replace your five pound note. Mm, yeah. And I, I, we should mention that the records that you said where these things are stored in a digital way, you should probably explain what blockchain is. OK, so the, the underlying technology is what's called is what's called blockchain technology. And it's the it's the technology that enabled Bitcoin. But the way to think about Bitcoin, what's Bitcoin? OK, <laughs> is that a beep? Is that a beep? That's a beep. <laughs> That's a beep. All right. Okay. I won't, I won't, let's not go into that. Okay. Blockchain, very simply, it's a way of storing data on a computer system. Um, there are some unique characteristics around blockchain. First off, it is a block. It's a chain of blocks. So, um, with most computer, uh, traditional computer systems, you update and amend a record. So you've, you've bought your car. There's a record in the DVLA. You sell it to me. The one record for that car gets changed. So it says it used to be owned by Sean, it's now owned by Rick, but it's the one record that has been changed. Whereas with a, a blockchain database, the record that says Sean bought it in, you know, earlier this year might be, you know, um, in imagine like a, a, a chain, a, a paper chain, right, it might be one ring further down. And then when you want to add the updated rec- or a new record that says Rick now owns it, that would be added to the end of the at the end of the chain and what that okay with i'm trying not to be too kind of technical but the point is that you have this thing called um um well it's technically it's called immutable but it means that you can't things can't be changed 
right? You can't update the record to say Rick now owns Sean Card. There's a record in the chain that says Sean owns it. And then there's a later record that says Rick bought it from Sean. But there's, you've now got two separate records that exist in this chain. And because it's like a, a brick wall, when you've cemented your next brick, in the wall, the bricks that are below it, you can't take them out. You're you know, crossing all your analogies now. Do you know what? I understand what NFT and blockchain is, and you've just confused me. <laughs> Have I? I yeah. tell you what, I'm saying it. I'm <laughs> trying to. I'm trying to be. I'm trying to be clear, and I'm thinking I'm not sure I make any sort of sense. <laughs> well, do you know, I, I think in a nutshell, if we if we can just boil it down, yeah, uh, and make it really really simple, is is probably that the an NFT is a digital thing, so it's not a car. It's a digital thing, mm. and in order to store it, we put it on something called a blockchain, mm-hmm. which is um, a digital storage um, that you cannot change. So, in other words, uh, your driving license, someone could scribble on it or copy it or photocopy it or whatever, your physical driving license. But if your driving license existed on the blockchain, they couldn't. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, simple as that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, we all get right. into we get into sort of things like centralized and decentralized. And exactly. Kind of so let's not go stuff, there. But we're not going to yeah. go down that road. The yeah. thing that people I would always say to understand about NFTs, because you go, oh my god, it's cryptocurrency and all that kind of stuff, is it's just a computer record that's that's unique computer record. But yeah. the nature of the record, the the dynamics of it, because it is using blockchain technology, means that you and I can can carry it with us. So we're going to have a situation that. The record that says I own this car, instead of it being in a DVLA database, you know, and if you've ever, so for example, if you've gone to rent a car and then you go there and and they have to call up the DVLA to check your driving license and stuff. Well, you imagine you've got a a token on your phone in, in a secure encrypted way where you could say, look, I've got this information here on my phone in a way that nobody would ever challenge as being wrong. Then that's where the technology is taking us towards the ability of being able to... So in, in the extreme example, you and I could buy and sell a house, for example, using this kind of technology and then just exchange it to us just like we would zapping our phones to each other and using, uh, using you know, uh, whatever technology to transfer from one phone to the other. So um, I think it's an enduring technology that's still in its, uh, its infancy, but I think NFTs within a decade will be ubiquitous. Everything will be NFTs. Let's get there because that, that, that's more of a conclusion. So let's fill the middle bit in now because I think let's, let's give listeners a use case for what NFTs are currently being used for. Perhaps let's, let's start in with CryptoKitties. <laughs> so CryptoKitties were probably the first mainstream use of an NFT. So do you know CryptoKitties? Uh, no, go on. I don't right, know that so, one. So I, I believe this is only through what I've been reading. All right. So the NFTs hit the mainstream in 2017 with CryptoKitties and CryptoPunks. And it's a game. And it's where you can adopt, raise and mate virtual cats. So we're coming back to a different analogy now, but it's a simple thing. There's a physical cat, usually one that craps on our garden outside. Hmm. And then there's a virtual cat. And the virtual cat exists as a, a digital cat on a blockchain somewhere um, uh, as, as an NFT, as a non-fungible token, which means your cat, your digital cat, there is no other cat like it. So your crypto kitty is uh, unique. And so this is where it became popular in, in 2017, apparently. 
there exists more than 2 million crypto kitties as of this episode. And mm. when you think that's two, over 2 million different unique crypto kitties. I like that example. And I tell you what, that there's a whole co- topic of conversation around this thing of called NFT art. Because you've got, as you said, crypto kitties. I didn't realize crypto kitties were part of crypto punks, but you can't, which is, which is the number one. I think they've sold like one and a half billion dollars of It might be punks. a separate thing. Yeah, but I think they were around about the same time. It might be. But you've got, you've got board, board, the board yacht club apes or whatever they're called and all that kind of stuff. I just, I just did a thing on pudgy penguins. And there's, you know, I've written a piece on Gary uh, Vinacek's V friends and stuff. That's a whole, there's a whole area that and actually i think that's unfortunately doing nfts a a disservice because lots of people are focused on these these things because i think the largest the the most a crypto punk went for was like seven and a half million dollars or something for for what is essentially a a a cartoon drawing well gary i think that's what a lot of listeners will be listening to this going yeah but there's a more important use to nfts so let me give you a different let me give you a different example which is i think more of a of a real world one so so last year kings of leon leon uh, released probably i think it was the first nft album um uh, that came out last year it was called uh, when you see yourself uh, I, I like i like the kings anyway so i mean i, I was interested in this uh, a because i was waiting for the album but what they did um so it releases a normal album but they had three levels of of nft and essentially what happens is you bought the album as a non-fungible token so as the token holder i would have um, a limited edition it would be like saying here's the standard album that you can go to any record store or download but there's a there's a box set you know there's one with extra artwork and stuff but because mm-hmm. it's a digital record they're able to put in more than you would do if it was just as kind of a physical thing and they had three levels of of nft uh, kind of membership or purchases that, that all gave special packages and um, so for example one of them was that you had what's called the live show NFT. So you bought the album as an NFT and, you know, you'd have paid quite a lot of money for it because it essentially was, it meant that for life you had guaranteed four front row seats at every Kings of Leon concert or, or one concert in every tour. And you had VIP driver would come and pick you up and you'd have a whole load of free merchandise and stuff. And they were, and now the holder of that token would use that essentially as a ticket so when they went to book, they would say, look, I've got NFT VIP, you know, 37 or whatever the number yeah. identifies. And then you'd use it and it'd all be done electronically. And then, and then of course, because it's, um, because it's a digital record and it's what's called a smart contract, okay, which means that it's computer code. It's not just, um, it's not just uh, a, a ticket with a bunch of, you get this, this, and this, and this, which you could do through a conventional means. There is also computer technology and computer code, which is written into the token, which, uh, which then releases these um, and controls the release of these benefits that you get as part of the Kings of Leon album. And um, I like that. And, and another use completely different is what they call in the space of city coins so this is where um and miami has done this reno has done this Seoul has done this where they release nfts to the residents of a of a town or a community and they say um some of the proceeds will be used to sort of support projects in the city but but it might be that all your bus tickets you know if you buy if you buy a city coin for miami and you know you put in 500 pounds you get half price tickets to all of the 
theatres. Uh, you might get free bus tickets and so on. And, and they can control the distribution and the access of you getting on and off a bus or getting going in and out of a theatre by the fact that it's a smart contract and it's a computer code, which is, which is the ticket, Okay, but it's all wrapped up in this thing called a called an NFT uh, uh, city city coin. The digital currency is an interesting one because I think people who are uh, who think NFTs are a passing fad, you know, the naysayers, um, they may think it's a cooked up way to get people to buy crypto. Is that fair? And is it a problem if it's true? Well, it's fair in the sense that. In the whole crypto space, and NFTs are no different, there's a lot of scamming, there's a lot of pyramid selling, there's a lot of bad people taking advantage of the technology, and there are lots of fool, foolish people, uh, well-intentioned, but who, who are being suckered into buying these things on the basis that, you know, Gary Vaynerchuk made $90 million in 90 days by drawing these childlike cartoons, and they think, oh, well, I have some of that. Um, and so it's a, it, you know we are in the early days of a new t- technology generation, and therefore there's lots of opportunities for people to take advantage. And you've got whether you look at it from crypto or NFTs or decentralized finance or any of these kind of new things in what we would generally call Web three. There's lots of alert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Web3. yeah. No, but it's important to understand that we Web three. So we we are. This is we are at the early stages of the next generation of the internet and 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 you call that the third generation which is generally called web3 and cryptocurrency um, nfts decentralized finance all of these things are all kind of components of it but coming back to the point about nfts i think the technology is enduring i think the the non-fungible tokens will be used for a while so whilst there's lots of distracting headlines about you know, this picture of a crypto kitty was sold for half a billion pounds. And, um, you know, you and I could draw one. Uh, you know, they're no, there's, they're no Mona Lisa or, 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 uh, or fine art. Um, the, that, that's, that's kind of distracting from the actual underlying technology, which has many great use cases. And I'll, and I'll give you an example. I want to get this one out with the city coins one. So let's imagine. There's a disaster. So you imagine, you know, around the world we've had, like in, we're seeing in Pakistan at the moment, right? Huge, horrible um, consequences of flooding. I think um, something like uh, half the country is underwater. The mm. size of the United Kingdom um, is, is underwater in, in Pakistan. It's, hu- it's, it's devastating. Now, how do you get aid to that population? Now, if you imagine in the future, every one of those people had a phone, which is quite likely anyway, you could send them all an NFT to their digital wallets and you could distribute those very, very easily. And, and each NFT would be, would be in that NFT would be all of the things that would enable them to get support money. They could be vouchers to, for food. It could be vouchers for accommodation and you could, you could vary it. So if you could say people in this region have suffered worse than people in that region. So we're saying this region NFTs that have one range of benefits and that neighborhood, a slightly different range of benefits. So if you've had a hurricane or a storm, and then if d- digital tokens will be a very effective way to, to deploy aid and support really, really quickly and very accurately. But it does depend on, on everyone having a digital wallet. Well, and everyone will. I mean, you know, it, it's not, we're not that far away from it. You've got, you know, you're already, you're already kind of on the route. 
But my view of the world is that it, this this move towards cryptocurrencies is inevitable, and the move towards having digital wallets and the ability to transfer things as a digital token is is inevitable. And these don't have to be like super complicated. Oh my god, how do I work a remote control? I'm never going to have a digital wallet. They'll be incorporated in your digital wallet that you might use now for PayPal or you might use now for Revolut. Um, the, you know, already Revolut have a license for cryptocurrency. It's not going to be long before the mechanism you use to transfer money, fiat money, you know, pounds, shillings and pence from one person to another, from one phone to another. Cryptocurrency will just be another form of, of value that can be moved around. So I, I don't think it's that far away. Statistics Corner. 68% of Premier League football players receive at least one abusive tweet. 7% receive abuse every day. Half of all abuse towards Premier League footballers is directed at 12 particular players. These players each receive an average of 15 abusive tweets every day. Cristiano Ronaldo and Harry Maguire receive the largest number of abusive tweets. 55% of tweets overall are positive towards players. 12.5% uh, are critical of players and only 3.5% are abusive. Of these abusive tweets, 8.6% reference religion, race, gender or sexual identity. 50% of all abuse is directed at just 2% of players. And finally, abusive tweets are sent every four minutes. I, I read something that, that you wrote about NFTs and it, we were talking about status and desire. Let, mm -hmm. Let's start there. Well, I, I, when we talk about the NFT art um, side, so this is why would, some, why would somebody spend millions of pounds on, on a pudgy penguin or a, or, a, or a bored ape or a CryptoPunk or any of these kind of things. And, um, but actually or, or a Jackson Pollock canvas, you know, it's subjective, isn't it? Yeah, or like Anthony, so Anthony Hopkins has just released a, a, a series of art where he's taken, the, and uh, by the way, I love them. I mean, the artwork is absolutely fantastic. But This is called The Eternal Collection. The Eternal Collection, yeah. yeah. Um, and, you know, I'm sure, there's no doubt they'll sell for stuff, for a lot well, of money. Well, let's explain what that is before we get going on status. So, so what has Anthony Hopkins done, exactly? So what has he done? Well, he's basically taken... Um, some of his most iconic characters and then they've 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 added they've added uh, digital artwork to them to make them very effective um and so it's you know it's it's quite i'd you know they would uh, I, they, i'd be quite happy to have them on my wall um as as physical pieces of art but the whole point is that with the nft is that you wrap up a whole load of additional benefits and i i i can't remember exactly off the top of my head but for example you get things like um access to sir anthony hopkins so so there will be a limited number where you'll get a lunch with sir anthony there'll be a limited number where you get autographed physical prints there will be a number of nfts um for the for the collection where there will be all sorts of benefits and this is no different to you going to the sort of physical world and mm -hmm. going to a display where sir anthony hopkins is in a is in a book signing and you, you know, you pay it, you pay extra or you buy, you know, one of a hundred print one, you know, number one out of a hundred prints and it's got a signature on the back, you know, but the thing is because it's, it's done as a digital record, then you're able to add 
more complexity. You, you can add benefits. And you, yeah, and you can add benefits. I mean, this NFT is not allowing, enabling us to do more or new things in the sense of, well, we can do these things anyway. But in the old way, you'd have paper and you'd have to have a record somewhere on a system that you might not always be able to access. The point is that as the token holder um, of, of a piece of Sir Anthony Hopkins uh, artwork, it, I wouldn't need to rely on, you know, logging on to someone else's system. I wouldn't need to rely on somebody going onto another computer system to change it if I sold it to you. Mm. And so this is where the flexibility from NFTs come. But the point you just talked about is that um, anything to do with collectibles is all about scarcity and status, right? At the end of the day, they're the they're two things which drive uh, human dynamics, human emotions. Mm. We all want, when things are scarce, people want to buy them. Yeah, we want to be the first. We want to be the only one that owns something. Well, look, well, this is where you got scarcity and status, right? Because you've then got the situation of I'm the only one that owns the Mona Lisa. I'm the only one that that drives this car. I'm the only one that owns whatever. And there's only 10 of them made. And so uh, where the NFT art thing has been kind of fueled is that they've played very much to scarcity and status. And they've wrapped up some good benefits. I like the example of the, um, the restaurant. Uh, that opened a couple of years ago. I think it was called Flyfish Restaurant. And um, I think Gary Vaynerchuk might have been involved with that one as well. But I think it was called Flyfish Restaurant. And it's a physical restaurant. You go and eat actual food. It's not, you're not eating digital food in the metaverse. You know, you are actually eating physical food. But when you buy an NFT, uh, and they're quite high priced, you gain access to exclusive benefits within the restaurant like being able to eat there you can't eat there without one of these things and so and then what happens is you get bragging rights because then you're able to say i'm in the board ape yacht club i'm in the crypto kitties uh, club and uh, and i've got a gold level so i've not got one of the ten thousand nfts i've got one of the 100 nfts and that status linked with scarcity is what drives the price and it's no different to to cars or baseball cards or, or 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 any of these things that people pay huge amounts of money for when there's only one or two left um and one when they mean something you come and see my baseball card collection you know is something i've never ever said before but you know yeah i mean i, I read uh, i don't know if you've read about the world cup sticker album thing they reckon it's going to cost people 900 pounds to complete the latest world cup sticker album Oh, wow. Yeah. No, I hadn't seen that. <laughs> it's that a lot, see. isn't it? Well, you could possibly do it on the blockchain. That might be cheaper. Yeah. Well, no, the thing is there. So look, in, in, in the yeah. future, what you do is this, is this is a great example of where, you know, you'd have a digital uh, uh, rather than the old fact. I'm assuming this is one. I can't remember what they called them. Where you Panini. Go, Panini, that's right. You kind of go, you buy a little pack, don't you? And then there'll be, mm. there'll be a load of stickers in there. And you, you buy each pack. You don't know what's in there. So you get duplicates. And then you have this book and you... Yeah, and then you yeah. can't get the last sticker. And then you can't get... Yeah, it's exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Can I come back to something you said, by the way? Um, you mentioned the metaverse. Mm. So we've got status and, and desire. And yes, you could rock up with your, your fancy car or you could get in, you know, I'm a member of the Crypto Kitties mm. uh, club or whatever. But the key perhaps to showing off in future could actually exist inside the metaverse couldn't it or i'd say that wrongly charles would tell me off i guess charles radcliffe he said there's no such thing as the metaverse there's lots of Hmm. so showing off your nft in future could take place in a virtual world yeah yeah absolutely 
is Metaverse the enabler then of NFTs and vice versa? I don't think it's the enabler, but there is a use for NFTs in in the in the metaverse. So you look at gaming environments right now, and so here's an example, right? So 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 Budweiser have partnered with a an esports game, which is which is horse racing. In Z Run, each horse is an NFT, and you and I could not only we could it be more than just we bet on the horse. We might own the horse, and we might breed the horse. And you get this whole like virtual world where people own horses, they have their studs, they mate with my horse and I pay for the pedigree. And this is all kind of like traded around by using NFT NFT technology because this is the digital record that holds the kind of core um, pieces of information about you know, the horse. And so we yeah. create, like you said at the very, you remember at the top of the show, Sean, you said there's like 10,000 crypto kitties. Each one is unique. Two million. Two million, right. You said there's two million. Crypto- well, there's there's no limit to that. You could have two trillion uh, cryptocurrencies mm-hmm. and each one could be unique. They can each have very fine adjustments in the characteristics, just like you would in real life. I mean, no two cats, no two humans are identical, although there's lots of common features. Well, the same is with um, with the horse racing. Yeah. I think um, the inroad for ordinary people like mum and dad, where might the tipping point be in their acceptance of the concept of NFTs and the use cases? Do you think it will be in things like events and ticketing? Yeah. Yeah, I think healthcare probably. records, perhaps, you know, when it becomes something tangible. Uh, yeah, well, all of those things. I, you know what? If you say to, if I say to my mum, do you use the internet? She'd say, yeah. And if I said to her, what is the internet? She'd say, I don't know. And I think that's, I would say that's the majority of people. If you said to them, describe, explain how the internet works, explain how cloud works, right? Everybody's got their data in the cloud, but what is the cloud? I mean, you know, most people don't know. And, and that, frankly, they don't need to know. They don't, nobody cares. Why should they? But we're, we're talking about reaching a ubiquitous state. What do you think that ubiquitous state looks like? Yeah, but it's like mobile phones. Does anybody know how mobile phones work? Not, not really. And I think NFTs, they won't do. What will make the difference is when there's real utility that's practical utility. And I would think tickets, I don't think it's going to come from art. I think this is very fashionable. It's on a real downward at the moment. The, the volumes have fallen off a cliff. I think it's had its 15 minutes of fame. Um, and that will return to some kind of like normal uh, existence, but the technology is is still evolving. I, I think we're more likely to see situations where you'll go to cities. There will be, um, you know, uh, for example, there will be some advanced cities that are, are digitally more advanced, and they'll say, you know what, if you come to our city, you could use the digital ticketing system, which happens to be powered by nft technology with blockchain and crypto and all that kind of stuff but that's irrelevant is it's just like you load this app on your phone and you you buy your ticket which happens to be an nft but you don't need to know that you just buy a ticket which you see on your phone and that and then when you when you want to go into a museum when you want to move around on the trains um around the city when you want to eat at restaurants you just use your app which has got your nft token in it as as the mechanism for unlocking these things that you've bought. Yeah, you, can you imagine? It would have been great at the Champions League final when when fake tickets was such a big story. Well, you remember last week we talked about the last one we talked about Amazon One, 
And there was the mm. example with the hand the, scanner, the hand scanner and, and the concerts, right, in Denver. Yep. And it was the idea of you just wave your hand. Um, and that's one way of doing it. But there's a limit to that because that hand just says, well, that's Rick and we, we've registered you. But imagine if you waved your phone and the, what you're scanning is like an NFT record that you've, so your ticket. And that says, uh, Rick has now entered the building. He gets free popcorn. Sean gets free chocolate buttons and you've got, you've got and lunch with Anthony Hopkins and you've got lunch with, or, or you've got access to the VIP lounge. It's a shame. It, it would be great if we had something big and exciting to get behind other than the gaming um, thing. I'll give you an example. It's a fun example to end our discussion. Uh, it was Anthony Hopkins and he starred in a film called zero contact. I don't know if you know about it, but it's the first film to be released as an NFT and uh, it's made entirely using Zoom during COVID. And unfortunately, it has a 10% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> it's going to be one of the worst films prob- probably ever made. <laughs> but that's not, that's not a reflection on NFTs. That's a reflection on the, on the kind of content. And I think... Well, I, I don't know. I think, I think people may make that connection. They go, were, yeah, I told well, you, it's a load of bollocks. Yeah, well, <laughs> well, look, Sean, but this is the thing is that... that, that um, you know, there's some really stupid stuff going on in the NFT arts. You know, a, a pudgy penguin just sold for $600,000 and it's like nonsense. And But people then associate that and say, oh, NFTs are rubbish and they're just scams. And it's not, my point is it's not. There's a, there's a technology, how it's being used is questionable in some areas. But the underlying technology, to me, is an enduring uh, technology that will only get um, better and it will become ubiquitous. I, I would put money that within a decade, uh, we uh, things that we do um, like cloud. You know, in I remember early days of cloud in the early two thousands, and when I was selling services that were cloud based, I was having to sort of do presentations of what the cloud is. Nobody would ask you that now. If you get a pop up on your phone that says you need to buy more cloud storage, you don't say, well, what is it? You just say, yeah, I'll have another fifty pounds worth or fifty p's worth. And so nobody even questions it. And I think NFTs will get to that stage and no one will really question what they are They'll just, or even know how to any more than to spell it. Um, which, by the way, I don't know if you just to finish on NFT was the word of the year last year. <laughs> Did you know that? No. Yeah. NFT was the uh, I think it's the Collins Dictionary. NFT, which is odd because it's the three letter acronym, was actually named word of the year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There you go. Not crypto kitties after all. Not crypto kitties. All right, let's come back to the subject at a later date, Rick. There's a lot more to know, I think, a lot more to happen. And probably a lot of connective tissue to scrutinise and unpack. For now, let's move on to more important things, such as whether you would choose as your last meal during the apocalypse, would you go with apple pie or apple crumble? Oh, my God. Sean, where do you come up with these questions? Apple pie or apple crumble? Well, first off... Have I got what have I got with it? Have I got custard or ice cream? Well, that's your choice, actually. What would you normally have with it? Well, I think if I was going, I think if I was going apple crumble, I would have custard, and if I was going apple pie, I would have ice cream. Oh, but you can only pick one, so I think I'm going to go crumble. Yeah, me too. It's a tight one, to be honest. I, uh, you know, I wouldn't lose any sleep if it was either. Thanks for tuning in to our eighth episode. We will be back in a couple of weeks with more analysis and not too serious conversation about big tech, little tech and everything in between. This has been a Sean Weston Media production. I was Sean Weston. And I was Rick Huckstep. <laughs>